welcome to Alter Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. And I'm Adrian. And next time I need to learn to mic Adrian, or mute Adrian's mic. I can do that in post. I can edit that out. Oh. <laughs> it's the joys of having all the power. Or at least enough power that makes you feel like I have all the power. Either way, hello everybody. Is it Grace Call Power? Uh, Laura's not here today because she has to work her real job now, unfortunately. She's on full second shift. She did not get off work early today, so sorry, Laura. You have to listen to us afterwards. And Hi, Laura. Probably yell at me for not choosing Spider-Man for any of my stuff today. Ooh, maybe I will use Ben part, or uh, Uncle Ben. So the theme for this week, uh, folks. Uncles. Uh, yeah, uncles, exactly. Family. <laughs> Why not? Family Matters. There's a Family Matters marathon, so let's go with that. I don't know if there's not. I don't know. I was going to say, is there really? I was going to say, what I are we doing talking about this then? I mean, I would be willing to bet probably at any given time you can find Family Matters on if you have the right cable subscription. Did you know that Urkel actually doesn't show up for like the first half of the first season? Yeah, he was like an extra. That, that yeah. They like, like, oh, wait, no. Wow, everybody loved that guy. Uh, just like the janitor from Scrubs, he was a glorified oh, yeah. extra that right. they like. Oh, we want we like this guy. Same with Urkel, we like this guy, but we can't give him like starring. You know, every episode, so we have to have a few a few episodes without them. And oh, wait, no, that's where the money's at. All right, they're a full on member, and also fun fact with Urkel, uh, he is the voice of Sonic. Jaleel Who White, is? Sonic. Jaleel really? White. It was the voice of Sonic in the animated series. I didn't know that. Which animated series? Uh, the good one. There's. The first one that came around. Oh, from like forever 90s. ago? From that came out in like the 90s, yeah. That wasn't very good. No, that was a good one. That was that was based off the actual Sonic games and everything, where Sonic was still short and fat. Tails was there. Uh, he had Sonic had his girlfriend that was like a squirrel or something. Are I you know. fat shaming Sonic? No, I'm <laughs> just saying the way it is. <laughs> he was shorter and fat then. Uh, and they were talking about all the rings. Anyway, yeah, he was the voice. Julia White was the voice of Sonic. Interesting. So... With that, Family Matters this week. <laughs> uh, no, it is Father's Day weekend this weekend um, here in the States, in case anybody's listening not in the States. I don't know. Chances are you're probably in the stateside listening to us because we're not that famous. But, yes, yes. But we'll figure it out. We have the Spanish translator here. If you want it, you can download the Espanol episode, all voiced by Adrian. <laughs> uh, that does not exist, also, along with the Family Matters marathon. kind of want to do one now. <laughs> Just, sí, just, just, okay. The, the problem is, you and I are the only two that get that reference. I know. Well, the guys from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, they'll maybe, understand. Maybe. I guess maybe, that was a long time ago. That was, let's see, nine Four years ago? No. It was your wedding. It was We were driving up to your wedding. Oh, Lord. When we listened to that episode. That's right. That was so, yeah, that was nine years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to NPR? Yeah. yeah or yeah, something? For being an official sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your There's sponsorship. Some accountant over there, like, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't write that many checks. But no, we 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 take money in. We don't give money out. How? Uh, wow, uh, Laura, this is what happens when you're not here. Is we go off the rails immediately. Good night, everyone. So yeah, again, Father's Day is the theme of the subject for the. What is this third time I've said that? So At far. least. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jared's just sitting there, like, whatever, man. We'll get there eventually. Adrian's making up for lost time not being on the show. So, Father's Day is coming up. Let's talk about fathers of comic books, either characters or creators. Who are some famous father figures in comic books, and who would like to go first? Jared, why don't you go first since you haven't talked all day? Sounds good. <laughs> so the first one on my list was uh, Trigon from the Teen Titans fame. He made his debut in Teen Titan, New Teen Titans number 2, the second volume. 
the new Teen Titans. They relaunched it, and it was weird back then. Sorry, folks. Comics are complicated because yeah. they reboot all the time. Yeah, and rename. The, rename right. with the exact same name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that series, the, the first new Teen Titans series stopped and renamed it Tales of the Teen Titans, and then they relaunched the new Teen Titans. That's interesting because a couple of those Titans actually can grow tails, so it's like... The Tales of the Titans. The Tales of the Titans. There we go. So, guys, uh, another side tangent. This is a Father's Day episode, so there are going to be lots of dad jokes here as well. Anyway, Jared. <laughs> so, Trigon is uh, the father of Raven, <clears throat> who be- who started in the as the new Teen Titan, and she basically was a portal for him to inhabit Earth and take it over and destroy everything and do his thing. You know, do his thing what fathers do, destroy the world. That, that was his plan. So... The Teen Titans did end up beating him, and he's been around since. So, and, and his daughter continues to defy him. Yeah. They had a really good series when they relaunched the Titans decade now, 2010 area. It was before the New 52. And uh, they started with uh, the Sons of uh, Trigon, and it was uh, like the Seven Deadly Sins story arc. And then like some of the Titans would like embody the sin. You know, or make gluttony, a, and yeah, greed, and all that stuff. Right. So it was a pretty good story arc. It was a good relaunch for the Titans, but the series really didn't go anywhere beyond that. Yeah, it happens. So yeah, but yeah, here's the Trigon. Yeah. So Trigon, he's been around. Um, he was in one of the animated movies here recently. Was it Justice League Dark? Yes. And maybe like he inhabited Superman or something. It was a good. It was a good movie. I watched it once while I was doing other stuff. So. It was good enough. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll go next while Adrian's looking up that movie. Uh, my first, the first dad on my list is also a villain, Thanos. He is the adoptive father of Gamora and a bunch of other people that he wanted to use to overthrow the whole universe. Uh, most notably known for Gamora, though, within these movies where you're like, oh, I need to sacrifice something. Well, sacrifice her, because why not? And, okay, yeah. bye. Yeah, uh, I like there's a meme going around of... Um, what was it? He sacrificed his daughter to save the, to make the world a better place, and then Tony Stark sacrificed himself to make a better place for the for his daughter. Now that's a that's a nice good versus bad of like oh who how is it to be a better parent? Sacrifice your kid, or sacrifice yourself for your kid. Uh, but yeah, Thanos first appeared in Invincible Iron Man number fifty five back in nineteen seventy three. Uh, he's and with Gamora, he specifically adopted her because he wanted to use her as an assassin to kill Adam Warlock. What says love? Like, hey, I need someone to kill this dude. Hey, I'll just adopt someone, brainwash them, whatever, train them to be that. That's all you are. Thanks, Dad. So, yeah, Thanos, uh, kind of a jerk. Yeah. Just kind of. Just a little bit. I mean, he was trying to, I mean, depending on what continuity, what storyline is like, oh, he's trying to decrease the population because overpopulation of the universe. Or sometimes, like, no, he just wants to court death because he's in love with death. And the death, the person, quote, the being. The I'll character. The, the being, not the act of death. Or, yeah, the character, which is... A cloak and a skull. Yeah, that can't be a good relationship, but, I mean, it is Thanos. So, so Adrian, who's first on your list? I went with a good guy. Uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Lame. Hey, you know, it's dads, you know? <laughs> um, and, and really, I mean, you guys, yeah, those are, yeah, those are good choices. But I think 
one of the things about, you know, Father's Day is, you know, we talk about fathers and what they do and, and all the good that they do, you know, and I, when you mentioned that this was the topic, I instantly thought of Yandu from Guardians Volume 2. Uh, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy when he's talking to, to Quill and about Ego. And um, there's a lot of people out there that they, they sure, they had father. Everybody had a father, right? <clears throat> but not everybody had a daddy. Right. You know, and so. A donor could be a father, but they're right. not the kid's dad. Right. Right. So I went with Alfred Pennyworth, and, and you think about him throughout the decades, uh, what, like eight decades. Um, and for me, one of the most recent that you kind of see a lot of this stuff is when Nightfall happened back in the 90s. Bruce's back got broken by Bane, and and the only person that could be there for him was Alfred, you know. And we see that also in the movies. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we see it in the animated movie, which was one of my favorites, um, The Mask of the Phantasm. Bruce uh, spends the night with, uh, can't think of her name off the top of my head, Andrea Beaumont. Yeah, I did get it off the top of my head. And um, that's not me editing, folks. That's an actual live. <laughs> and uh, he says to, to Bruce, he's like, so you're going to see her again tonight? Um, or no. And I totally s- s- mixed up two scenes. But he's, he says to Bruce, he's like, so, so you're going to go see Andrea tonight? And Bruce gets mad and he's like, what, you think you know you you know me? You know? And Alfred's like, I diapered your bottom. I bloody well ought to. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> no knows you better. Right. So, you know, yeah, anybody can be a dad, but it takes something else to be a father. And I think Alfred Pennyworth, you know, they added the whole continuity where he's ex-British agent, which I totally want to get that book, by the way. I just saw that in the comic shop news. He's this agent. He's grown old. He's become the right-hand man to Thomas and Martha Wayne. And then he kind of takes over for them as a single dad for Bruce and helps them along the way. On this, what seems to be a very suicidal mission. You know, he understands that Bruce needs something. And if this is the only way to get that thing, then so be it. I'll stand with him. I will be there when he gets hurt. I'll be there when he gets angry with me. Um, I'll make fun of him like a, like he does in, in, in Batman Begins. You know, when, when he's trapped under the uh, beam. When Wayne Manor is burning down and Alfred says... What's the point of doing all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log? <laughs> you know, so, no, it's a father, daddy type thing. Well, and one thing that expressed a lot more recently, too, is how he's not only the father of Bruce. He is for all the Robins, for Batgirl, like, for everybody. Right. Like, specifically in the recent issues, the last year when he died, how he left his, when they had the whole family gathering at the bar when Dick Grayson was still Rick Grayson, didn't remember anything. Everyone's like, no, like, he's not just a butler. He took care of all of us. He, right. you know, we all have our own family. I mean, well, Barbara had her own family. Everyone else's family died. But it's like, he still took care of all of us. And he really, they've really shown that he took a liking to Dick first, like, most importantly, because he left all this stuff to him. How, like, all of his money, his inheritance, everything. Like, oh, that's going to Dick Grayson because he is the best person, really, that can do the most good with this. Mm -hmm. Not just like, oh, unlike Bruce, where he does, Bruce does good with his money of being Batman, but that's it. He just, he fights his way to good solutions versus like, no, Dick, you can do like actual charity work and actually help people instead of just save people. Because saving people from a fight is good, 
but versus saving someone for their life, that's a whole other yeah. conversation. Sure. Yeah, he's trying to use that fortune to rebuild Bloodhaven. Right. Get and the corruption out. He's doing actual good work, not just as Nightwing, but also as Dick Grayson. Yep. So, yeah, they really upped the importance of Alfred since they killed him. <laughs> but don't worry, it's a, it's comic books. They'll bring him back somehow. Imagine Lazarus Pit or something. I'm predicting Lazarus Pit, Talia or Raish will abduct him, try to brainwash him to throw him against Bruce. And he'll still be good and whatever. That's oh, my no. solution of how they'll bring him back eventually. So does DC owe you money if they do that here soon? Uh, well, depending on your definition of soon, but... Or at least, I mean, I would just like a credit, or like an idea credit. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Because I could use that for real money later. Potentially. I brought Alfred back from the death. Yeah. From the dead. Yeah, that'd be fine. Cool. So, with that, Alfred, uh, Jared, who's next on your list? My next one is Deathstroke, Slade Wilson. He had three kids. The first one uh, was the first Ravager, and I cannot think of his name. Ravager but, uh, 1. Yeah, Ravager 1. And uh, he gets killed. So they find out he has another kid who is Jericho, who became a Teen Titan. He's the one that is mute, and he can basically inhabit your body by staring into your eyes. And then there's the third one. <laughs> We're both staring uh, at at Jared yes, right now. It's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, very. His, uh, his third but, child. Uh, his third child was Rose Wilson, who... Um, he brainwashed and kind of manipulated and kind of gave this well not kind of he gave her the same serum that gave him like his uh superhuman reflexes and things like that and brainwashed her to being absolutely crazy to the point where she wanted to be just like him so she cut out her own eye and later on she sends him to night she's he sends her to nightwing to uh train her and become a better fighter and uh, it's actually a trap to where she held, uh, he put a piece of kryptonite under her eye patch. So when Superman would show up, she revealed that and attacked Superman. And Nightwing slapped her down a little bit. So I'd like to question the whole eye patch that stopped the kryptonite. Maybe it was Superman. made of lead. I was thinking the exact same no, thing. No, not only that, but there's still the rest of her skull. Like, it can still, like, oh... This, if you're just facing me, it may be blocking it. But if you're anywhere around me, you would still get sapped by the power, even with the eye patch on. Comic book logic. Don't think into it. Yeah, I know, but come but on, x-rays, do better. X-rays are a form of radiation, and it stops at your bone. But they That's how you better. see your bones. There they you go. Better, it's the skull's blocking it. Yeah. Also, wouldn't that be like probably bad for you? Like, yes, yes. They have said that it. Yeah, it's radiation. And Nightwing right. points that out too. Okay. Right? I was like, any kind yeah. of radiation, regardless of, like, yes, kryptonite is worse yeah. for Superman, but still it'd be bad for you as a human. Yeah, because he's like, did did your father tell you what happens to people with uh, long proximity to kryptonite? Ask Lex Luthor or something like that. Right. So, but Slade Wilson, he wasn't a great father. I know he stabbed one of his kids, which is, oh, Grant, that's the first one's name. There you go. It finally came to me. But uh, I think he stabbed Grant, actually. Or he killed his Grant? One of them's precognition, right? Uh, is it Rose? Yeah, doesn't yeah, she? Rose has, she has precognition, some... which that's kind of what his. And is does from that she serum. have a healing factor too? Because that could have uh, possibly. Because that could have helped with the whole radiation of kryptonite. That possibly, a healing factor. yeah. Because I know Slade does. They cause... don't really talk about that a whole lot with her, but it's possible. Yeah, I know but, she uh, can die because yeah. she didn't deceased. Yeah. Spoiler alert. She, uh, yeah, she did um, join the Teen Titans eventually, and. I don't know. She made the book fun again for a little while. 
when she first joined it, it was like right after uh, Infinite Crisis. They did the one year later, and they had like a new team of Titans. So, but yeah, Slade Wilson. And he's not exactly a villain villain either. He is. He's like a mercenary. He is Deadpool. I mean, yeah, good, bad, and he follows the money. Yeah. Now, he typically tends to take the jobs that good people don't want. So he ends up becoming a bad bad guy that way. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah. He's not being bad for the sake of being bad. He's doing it because there's a paycheck. Right. And there was a Nightwing book where he's uh, out to kill somebody, and I can't remember who. But Nightwing does his little investigation thing, find out how much he was paid, and empties his bank account and pays him not to kill her. There you go. And he's like, all right. Hey, paycheck's <laughs> a paycheck. You, yeah. I, follow the highest bidder. Yep. So he was done. He left. <laughs> all right. So uh, Slade Wilson. And next up for me is... Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul, Ra's Ghul, I don't know. Uh, we're going with Raish because that's what they say in the animated series. Yep. So that's Raish. the only way that I've heard it. And that's the way I read it because of that show. Well, And it doesn't, okay, it's not written as Raish. It's no. R-A apostrophe S. So who who does he belong to? Ra- what belongs to him? Ra- does the al Ghul belong to Raz? Ra? Ra? Al Ghul is his last name. No, I know, but it's R A apostrophe S. So the Al Ghul belongs to Ra. Oh, well, no. Or I mean, if it's thinking, Ra is Al Ghul. <clears throat> if you're thinking okay. from the English right. translation, yes, but it could be like <laughs> a Muslim name or something like that, where it's just the the phonetics is. Written I was trying to be funny. I know what you're trying to do, <laughs> but I'm trying to explain why it's hard to pronounce based off what it's written as. Is it, he? It's like for Middle example, Eastern? in Marvel, it's there's. Uh, Wolverine's son, Dakin, or is it Daken or Dakin? I don't know. I've only seen it written down. I don't know because it's a Japanese name. So how does it translate to English written down in, in the English mm-hmm. letters? It pronounces Dakin because it rhymes with bacon. Sure. Cool. But anyway, Rosh al Ghul. We're going back with Rosh al Ghul. I believe he is Middle Eastern because that's where they're talking about the Lazarus pits and all that is usually oh, out okay. in that area. Yeah. So I would assume... And Al Ghul sounds Middle Eastern, too. Uh, but he is the father of Talia Al Ghul. That's an easy name to say. <laughs> and she is the mother of Damien. What is that? Damien or Damien? It or... is Damien. It is confirmed Damien. Damien? It is Damien. That one, that one I do know. And I know Talia, too. So that's cool. But Ra's Al Ghul uh, first appeared Batman number 232 back in 1971. Uh, he is best known for being the grandfather of Damian Wayne. I mean, it sucks for Talia because for a while she was like, oh, it's just, you know, he's the he's the father of her, League of Assassins, blah, 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 Lazarus Pits. That's Pets. what I would have said he was yada, better yada, yada. known for, yeah, like, the, the League of Assassins and the Lazarus Pit. But yeah. I think now, I, I would say now he's best known for uh, Damian Wayne because Damian's okay. like, oh, I'm the son of Talia, but I'm the grandson of Raish. Because that's why he has his murderous instincts. That was he was trained to. He was supposed to overcome Batman and take over and everything. But... Yeah, he's the heir to heir of the demon or something like yes. that. Mm-hmm. Where he's the next leader, the of demon the... and the bat. Yeah, of Batman and uh, the League of Assassins. That was a good two part episode in the animated series, the heir to the demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tries to get Bruce Wayne to take over. Sorry, there was no Damien in that series. Correct. Nope. That was long before Damien. Because yep. I want to say Damien was two thousand. It was in the two thousands. Yeah. Two thousand seven. Close to two thousand ten. Okay. Uh, it was before two fifty two. Yeah, two thousand eight is probably pretty close. Yeah. So I mean, Damien is still a relatively new character mm-hmm. within comic book, by comic book standards. But yeah, 
uh, Rachel Ghoul, he's head of the League of Assassins and he has Lazarus Pits so he can stay forever young ish. As long as the pits aren't dried out. I don't know how the Lazarus Pits work, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. So he's a big bad dude that he set up his daughter to make him an heir. So, like, here, go do a thing. Go make me a grandchild with this man that is my mortal enemy because I want a psychological warfare against them. Genetics, though. And that's the long game, too. I mean, with the guy that could theoretically live forever, the Lazarus Pits, he has time to play the long game, the long con. So, yeah. Uh, Who's next for you, Adrian? Uh, I went with uh, Professor Charles Xavier. Another good guy? Jeez. (laughs) Well, I mean, he does get a little, you know, arrogant in the recent recently. I mean, that's been kind of the the reason why him and Scott, you know, had a falling out. What? Five years ago? Six years ago? No, longer. This is way longer. Because this is before Messiah Complex. Uh, Because if you remember, during Messiah Complex, Charles and Scott have a chat. And... Scott yeah, says right. something about like, "What are you doing? I'm leader of the X Men now." It was early. It's 2010s. when he. It was when he was able to walk. It was early 2010s. I yeah. Want to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's he's got a line of success and failure. Uh, obviously, he created the X Men back in forever ago. Um, but he also has the um, failure in his own son, um, or that he failed his son. Uh, in normal continuity, Legion, um, David who, or David, um, has this mental disorder. You know where schizophrenia, where he his powers are 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 controlled by different personalities. And it's like it's not like oh I have three personalities. He has hundreds right right of personalities. So hundreds of powers too. Then. Mm-hmm. And I really I thought that was interesting when I thought about that today. He is sort of the antithesis and. The opposite of Charles in 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 that way, like Charles is super powerful with his telepathy and his little bit of telekinesis, but he's in full control of his 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 mind. Whereas his son, completely insane, born that way, tons of powers, probably infinitely powerful. I mean, he is Omega. Like he's the right. If there was above Omega, he would be that. Right. So, and I I do like what they did in the Ultimate Universe too. Where they kind of took away the mental disorder and just kind of made him like suck out the power of anybody. Um, and then he ended up choosing to kill his own son. So that's kind of like uh, to save the world. Rogue. He, uh, mm-hmm. they, they rogued him. And it's funny how they blended both um, David in the comic um, and then Jean Grey in the first trilogy of the X Men movies into Phoenix, into Jean Grey. They, there's that equal failure. And power there in in Jean Grey. I just watched it again on 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 TV, and it, it was as bad as I remember the third one. Oh, um, okay, yeah. I've only seen I've actually only seen that movie one time. You don't, and that was it. the midnight release that came out. I've not seen it all the way through since then. Both Phoenixes were same, pretty bad. Same with Spider Man Three. I've only seen it one time. That was at the midnight release. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, Charles Xavier. You know, tons of success with 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 with. The mutants with the kids and X Men and and how many you know success stories comes out of that and then and even now with everything with Krakoa and planet size X Men what what happened there I mean none of this would happen had it not been for Charles Daddy Charles 
Papa Charles. Papa Charles. Papa All right, Papa. Jared, who's the last one on your list? All right, last one on my list is um, The Flash, Wally West. Uh, him and Linda Park West, who was a news reporter, got together and had a couple twins after they got married. So the twins, Iris and Jay, if memory serves, um, they are all lost uh, during Infinite Crisis when he uh, and the other Flashes attack Superboy Prime and try to send him into the Speed Force while he goes to say goodbye to Linda and the kids. Well, she latches onto him and they all disappear together. They return from... There, they get pulled back during a Justice League J- JSA uh, crossover where the Legion kind of helps them um, bring Wally back using lightning rods. Don't ask. <laughs> it was a good story, though. It was really good. It was worth checking out. Comic I book think science, it was folks. the uh, lightning saga. Was it that? Was, that was after the fifth. Like, everybody forgot about him or something, right? Uh, no. Or who am I thinking no, about? No, this, um, this is still pre-New 52. Oh, okay. So um, they it was like a year after, maybe two years after Infinite Crisis. So this is fairly recent from that. But uh, they all come back, but Jay and Iris have aged, and they're still rapidly aging. So they're all you know worried about um, them aging. They're going to have to see their kids grow old before their eyes, you know. Um, but uh, Wally is able to figure out how to save them using the Speed Force. And lightning runs. Yeah, and lightning runs, whatever. <laughs> so they have Science. their own little adventures, the three of them, you know, because they now have super uh, super speed or, you know, different abilities, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, they were a lot of fun, but then the stupid DC Universe rebooted them into the new 52 and got rid of Wally West. Well, so, they changed Wally West, which the new Wally West was still pretty good. But So if anybody is new to the, episode, new to the podcast... Uh, just a heads up, Jared did not like New 52, what it did to a lot of his favorite stories. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of the story and if don't, you're new. Don't get me wrong. The New 52 did have some good stuff in it. Their Batman stuff was top notch. Mm-hmm. I will give them that. I mean, no one's going to argue saying the majority of New 52 was not good. Right. But, I mean, when they rebooted it in, like, the Teen Titans never even existed and, you know, or like the original Titans. Not... Didn't they, quote unquote, reboot? Yeah, New 52, like they two did, years later. Yeah, when they did a Convergence Rebirth. into Rebirth. Oh, yeah. The Convergence stuff was actually pretty good if you followed it from like start to finish. It was basically like um, alternate realities of the same characters, like battling it out and stuff like that, and yes. see like who's the victor, who's going to stay into the new DC universe. And, I mean, when you reboot your entire franchise and then two years later you have to reboot it again, I would say that's an epic failure. It's definitely not a good sign. So, but um, they did eventually bring Wally back. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of Jay and Iris. Iris, but uh, Iris did become Impulse for a little bit, which was kind of cool. I was hoping, you know, that would have been great for her to go on and join the Teen Titans, and they could have just had so many story arcs with her that they just lost out on. But uh, focusing on the father, Wally West, he's back and he's doing his own thing, and they're having a good time with it. So, <laughs> Wally West. Wally West. All right, uh, last one on my list, then, is the master of magnetism himself. Yeah, he's an attractive dude from that standpoint. Uh, Magneto. Get out. Uh, <laughs> Magneto first appeared in, in X-Men number one back in 1963. He is the biggest, the baddest, the best X-Men villain of all time, I would say. Uh, I know I've talked about him before, how I like he is my favorite villain because... 
he is a victim of the worst of humanity. Uh, he is a Holocaust survivor that was like, no, once I became a mutant, I know how bad humans can be. I've seen the absolute worst that ever. You will not do that again to me or and or my people at all. So he's like, all right, well, screw all humanity. Uh, I'm going to take over. And then, of course, he doesn't many times. I mean, over the last, what, 40, 60 some years. Yeah, he's probably uh, one of Marvel's greatest villains. Yeah. And right now, he is currently not a villain, as far as we know, within the X-Men itself. Where he, And he's gone back and forth in passive, being on the side of the X-Men, being against them, even being the head of the X-Men ever, for mm-hmm. a few times, where he is the most relatable villain. Like he, Again, it's not he's not trying to take over the world just for the sake of taking over. He's taking over to save his people at any cost. He is the opposite ish of Xavier mm-hmm. where they both like, no, we're both looking for the best of our kind, but we're doing it completely different ways. There have been numerous papers comparing both of them to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X throughout the, I can throughout, totally, yeah, that know, makes sense where the violence versus nonviolence. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, like I said, he's always one of my favorite villains and just, he's just cool. Like, I don't know really what I can say that people that are listening will not know about Magneto. Because chances are you know him. What like, makes him a dad? Uh, he is the dad of, depending on what universe and what continuity, <laughs> uh, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Polaris. Um, so Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are definitely the more popular of the three. Sure. Um, obviously, since they're in the movies and everything. Polaris is is a more closely similar related child because she has the same powers as him, uh, the magnetism ability. I wonder if he had green hair when he was younger. I doubt it, but I don't know. Uh, anything's possible. Um, they've recently retconned it, uh, recent last couple of years, where uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are not his biological children anymore. Instead, they were created by the beings on other Earth that are on the opposite side of the sun or something. I don't know. It's, it, it was dumb. Uh, but he still raised them, so I'm going to count them as he's still their father. Again, not necessarily dad, sure. but a father. Right. Faja. And definitely the biological father of Polaris still, too. They have mm-hmm. not retconned that yet. Give him time. Yeah. He is their parent. He is their, do- their dad. I don't know who their moms are. Um, they didn't, The comics don't really focus on that because they apparently don't have powers, or at least they haven't. They don't have powers yet to make them relevant-ish. Good luck trying to... You're, I see you're trying to... Think of something. something. I got nothing. Yeah, nothing on that one. I got nothing. So instead, I want you to go through the final one on your list. I went with Cable. <clears throat> Cable, uh, obviously, is the son. Uh, maybe not obviously, if you're new to the podcast um, and new to comics. But he is uh, Scott and... Why can't I think of her name? Madeline. Madeline, thank you. Madeline uh, Pryor. Madeline Pryor. Um, he's their son. Uh, got taken into the future. Got raised in the future. Uh, he comes back and he fights with Mutandum since like the 80s why was he taken to the future he got infected with a techno organic virus from apocalypse from apocalypse That's and the right. future was the only way that they had technology to slow it down or something they had the technology they have they will have had they will have had had the technology yeah. anyway he's um, older he's older than his parents now he is now older than his parents from a certain point of view anyway uh one of my favorite characters um Especially toward and during um, Messiah Complex, um, that whole uh, episode, that whole event was really fun. Uh, post uh, No More Mutants. In House of M. 
uh, from House of M. Uh, Cable rescues the first mutant born uh, human. First mutant ever born since the since then. House of M. Since which House was, of M. Which is extra weird because mutants weren't always born. They were turned into mutants at the age of puberty. Like they... Or at least their genes didn't show. Correct. For a long time, they're like, no, you weren't a mutant until that happened. Now, now it's apparently, no, it's always been in your genes so we can detect it before your bellies even sprout. Right. So, uh, I mean, obviously, like Nightcrawler, he came out looking like Nightcrawler looks, you know. Right. So, in some mutants, it's it's there. But whatever. Anyway, uh, he rescues the girl uh, who he ends up naming as Hope. Takes her into the future, raises her, kind of... Uh, timeline in her he takes her into the future to protect her um and raises her brings her back into the normal timeline and uh, keeps keeps her safe uh from apocalypse and strife who that's another fun story too uh, strife and then now she's kind of critical to bringing mutants back to life through the resurrection pods on Krakow. so that's hope. so cable and <laughs> And that's his daughter, Hope. <laughs> and that's Cable. So that's Cable. That's he had hope. hope. He had hope. Uh, yeah, so he's older And we never parents. found out who Hope's real parents were. Doesn't matter. They're it dead. could. Because they were dead. Because they, they rescued her. And oh, then, like, and all the, the accolades. Or the, they uh, blew up the whole yeah. nursery. Or the nursery. The hospital. The In nur- Alaska. Yeah. So, like, uh, it doesn't matter. They're all dead. So... It'll matter. They, they may... They'll retcon it and say that that explosion was targeted her parents. Well, no, the, the, I mean, they were. She was. She was targeted. Was, they, the, oh, did they the say that? Found her. The acolytes or whatever. They found her too. They like everybody was tracking. Like, okay, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? All right. Well, of course, the good guys are going to try to save, and the bad guys are going to try to destroy. So. Yeah, but they knew. So they could. I mean, there's still possibility because Nimrod was actually um, guiding those guys to. Why can I not think of that? Why can't the friends of humanity? No. Whoever to kill Hope because everybody from the future and Nimrod being from the future knew that Hope was going to be born at that time. How would you like to follow a guy named Nimrod into <laughs> into battle? Taser face, <laughs> Taser face, Ghost Maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hey, not all names are winners, folks. So no, it is what it is. Not. All right. And before we move on to the books of the week, what are some rapid fire fathers that you can think of that were like all right, we're just rapid fire? I'm gonna start with Mister Fantastic. Roy Harper. Anakin? I mean, is that where... Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, Depending on what continuity, Luke. Because in the Dark Horse comics, he had kids. Yep. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Han. Yep, Han. Han. Chewie. Oh, wait, no. Chewie had a nephew. Well, in the Christmas thing? Oh, in the Christmas thing, yeah. I was looking in the comics and in some of the novels. I know Um, of Lobaka, which is Chewie's nephew, I believe. Okay. So, but yeah, I, don't I mentioned it earlier. Mal from 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 Firefly. Firefly thank you. Yep. He, he took kind of is a father figure to all those guys. Yep. Um, Nightwing was a father. Well, did different story arcs. Um, him and Starfire had a kid, and I can't think of the kid's name. Uh, but uh, he was. They had, did a like a six issue miniseries that was called something. Anyway. At this rate, Laura's yelling at us for not saying Spider-Man. Peter Parker is a father, depending on what timeline you're in. Who's who, who's Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Nightwing, oh. New World Order. That was it. There you go. So him and Starfire had a kid, and Nightwing uh, uh, 
basically what took everyone's powers away, but his son suddenly had powers. So it was a good story. Uh, Nightwing kind of is a father figure slash t- just authority for the Titans Academy going on right yep. now. More yep. so just the administrative. He's not really bonded to anybody yet. That no, you've seen. not yet. Um, I wouldn't say he was a father figure to any of the other Robins. He's more of a big brother in those. But Superman's as a dad as well. Yep. And his dad, Jonathan Kent. Papa Palpatine. Or Jor-El. Yeah. Papa Palpatine, yeah. That's definitely a father figure to Anakin. Slash well, Vader. And also... Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'm just saying specifically, though. Yes. Like, as a yes. figure, more tightly knitted with Anakin Vader. Well, he was pretty tightly knitted with somebody else. Yeah. I mean, that's Rey. Uh, Obi-Wan is the father to Anakin. Father figure to Anakin. Oh, right. Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan even. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last one I would mention that is the uh, possibly the biggest father of all time within the comic books, Stan Lee, the father of Marvel Comics, more or less. I mean, look at who all he's created. Like, there would be no Marvel Comics if not for Stan Lee creating sure. the characters that he did. So, he's the last one on my list. That I was like, I, I can't not mention him. Yep. We can end right there. That's a good spot to end on. All right. So I'm sure since, some people are like, yes, please. Since Jared called it at the end right there, <laughs> let's go on to books that stood out to us in a good way this week, the week of June 16th, 2021. Uh, Jared, you went first with the previous stuff, so you get to go last. So, Adrian, what is first on your stuff that you read this week that you enjoyed? I don't want to get in trouble. Pick of the week or honorable mention? Doesn't matter. Just books you liked. Books you liked. You can, you can do your pick of the week first, or you can do pick of the week second, or third, or fourth, or whatever. Okay, my honorable mention was uh planet size x-men that one really like I, I guess i should have seen it coming like because we've already seen some of the setup from right after house and powers of x and now this is happening and i thought oh this can be fun this can be really fun um again i'm still worried about the fall there's there's the, the x-men are getting too big for their britches uh mutant dumb is really getting too big for its britches and somebody's going to figure out a way to kill them all or something. Something bad is going to happen. If there's not drama, then it's not worth reading. So, of course, right. there's got to be bad stuff right. that happens. Sure. It's the Parker luck. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Planet so, Size X-Men. I, number I, one. It's a one-shot. Oh, yeah. One it is a one-shot. It It's going to tie in with everything that's kind of going on. And um, I, I it really, I just left, I, I finished reading that and I was like, Wow. And it is okay. in the middle of the Hellfire Gala that's going on as well, too. So that helps tie in with that big crossover, which luckily the crossover, you don't really need to read all of it. Mm-mm. You can pick and choose whatever one you're reading and you're still fine. So. I did think the name of Planet Size X-Men was a little on the nose. Yeah. After having read it, yes. Beforehand, I was like, really? This just seems lame. <laughs> like, ooh, planet size. What's next? Galaxy well, size? Well, we just the had universal size. We just had the giant size, what, like about a year ago. So not even. So I'm like, oh, so what? Where the oh, oh, that's what you. Oh, I see what you did there. All right, I guess that's okay. Yeah. Father's Day, it's a dad joke. Fine, let's run with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, my honorable mention is Radiant Black number five. You didn't read that one yet. Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, so I won't give spoilers away because Jared hasn't read it, and most of you listeners probably have not read it yet. I was really surprised that Captain America came in and killed everybody every time. Like he's still a Hail Hydra guy. Uh, anyway, so spoiler alert for issue number four. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Radiant Black died in issue four. The main character, he's dead. 
like the suit came down or it was like an alien consciousness like hey are you gonna do what needs to be done to save everybody are you willing to kill whoever you need to and the guy's like no meanwhile his best friend said yeah i'll do it not knowing oh, okay well the suit will leave him it'll kill him by leaving him yeah. do that like oh that's not um my bad <laughs> i didn't mean to kill my buddy but it is what it is put it back put it back put it back right uh, so this issue has them deal with that and uh, finding the radiant red is what I'm going to call the person. I don't know what their actual name is, but it's the same costume ish, but red Bob. He's your uncle. Um, but yeah, he finds radiant red and they do stuff that I don't give away, but radiant black's costume gets a little alter, gets a change going on in this. And this is written by Kyle Higgins, who is known for writing the Power Rangers series. I mentioned that because if you are a fan of Power Rangers in any way, shape, or form, this is a book for you. Um, even if you're not a fan of Power Rangers, but if you are, this has an extra like familiarity to it, and it's really good. Um, I actually worked with the guy that designed the uh, the logo here in Lima. That was a little fun fact. There you go. Anybody cares? So yeah, uh, definitely check it out, folks. It should be hitting trade very soon if you've not gotten it in trade. I believe we have all the issues in single issues right now. Some may be second printing or third printing, but that just means it's that good of a book that we have it in multiple printings because we're sold out of the first printing of the stuff. So definitely check out Radiant Black. This is number five. Check out the whole series. Highly recommended. Jared. All right. First one on my list was uh, Star Wars number 14. This is a War of the Bounty Hunters tie-in. Um, last issue, we saw Han Solo get sold or taken to Crimson Dawn, who's making a resurgence into the galaxy after everyone thought they were you know gone away which we can say now spoiler alert you can reveal who it is yep. if you'd like the uh, the lady at the end of the issue was none other than the mother of dragons herself kira <laughs> <laughs> which if you don't if like if you're saying who is that person i don't know who that is wait there are dragons in star wars yes all uh, over the place the mother of dragons was uh khaleesi from game of thrones the actress who played her played kira in solo a star wars yes story. so that you, was a really good movie so, so you'd want to see the solo it star was. wars movie and that's who this person is and yes uh in solo a star wars movie that that was really good it is it was one of my actual favorites even though it wasn't harrison ford it was still a good movie. Of the new movies, of the new Disney era of Disney, of Star Wars movies, it is my second favorite one. I'll agree. My favorite one is still Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue yeah. One, Easily. then Solo, then whatever. Then the rest. Yeah. Then we rewatch the originals. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, this is kind of picking up right after that. Um, Leia is having visions of Han, and so it's kind of showing that she is Force-sensitive a little bit uh, to a degree. Um, she's envisioning him breaking out of his carbonite freezing because he's still in there. Out. Yeah, thawing out. But it's, you know, got a splatter page of everything breaking. Right. So it kind of looked like he was like forcing his way out or something. But it definitely looks like... Maybe it's like, a premonition. I'd say yeah. it looks like the Jabba's Palace when they've thawed out. So it reminds me of that. Like, oh, that could be a future sense because it kind of oh, in the background be. looks like Jabba's Palace. I thought it was... Um, it's got the steps to Cloud City where Luke and Vader fell, oh, fought. Oh, yeah. So I, that's what I saw right away. Okay, yeah. So it was like right when he was. So maybe it was just her daydreaming of what could have happened. So, but I thought it, it was showing her force sensitive. Um, she gets a message from uh, Admiral Holdo, or I don't know if she's an admiral here. It's uh, what's uh, the lady from Jurassic the, Park? Yes, Jurassic Park. 
Um, crap, I can't think of the actress's name, but whatever. She was the purple-haired uh, fleet Family admiral. Sadler. No, that's Jurassic Park. Uh, from uh, the Last Jedi, the one who you know light sped her spaceship into the other bad guys. So she gives her uh, information that says, you know, hey, Crimson Dawn has Han. So she's creating a plan with Luke, Chewie, Lando, and Chewie's like, hey, these guys are really bad. We need help. You know, in his roaring language. <laughs> we have, luckily, the 3PO's there to translate. Yes. 3PO's one and only good job is right. translating Chewbacca. So they are kind of making their approach to Crimson Dawn because it's basically, the way I'm reading it is Crimson Dawn is selling Han to the highest bidder right now. That's what it kind of looks it's like to me. the impression I, that I'm getting as I, well. But I'm not sure if if that's if Han's for sale. Like I don't think it specifically said that in the issue anywhere that he's the one that's specifically for sale. I believe they're trying to, but while it's still like a jab at Jabba, like hey, you want them all, you have to pay more than what exactly. you thought. Exactly, that's that's what I was thinking. So that's the impression I get at least. Yeah. So um, yeah, they are. They make their approach to the planet and. Things Stuff don't happens. quite work out the way they think they're going to. Drama ensues. So yeah, it was a good issue. I'm really enjoying this War of the Bounty Hunter series. I I think they're doing a bang up job with it. Yeah. So yeah, Star Wars 14. Check it out. All right, Adrian. What else was good for you this week? Either your pick of the week or other honorable mentions. I'll tell you my pick of the week. My pick of the week was uh, Demon Days. Um, Mariko. Uh, it's this. Japanese style of art. Uh, it's a new, it's a different universe. Nothing that really, there's no connection to anything. It's standalone. Um, if you read Demon Day's X-Men, that was more like a history of the world that we're getting ourselves into. If you like manga, if you like anime, um, you might like this. Um, it's that sketchy kind of art style. It still uh, is really good. I really liked it a lot. I, I'm excited for the next couple of episodes of issues. All right. Uh, and my pick of the week is actually Fantastic Four. Uh, it is specifically Fantastic Four number 33, The Bride of Doom, part two. Uh, I believe this is a five-part issue series. The good thing with this one, folks, is you can not be reading Fantastic Four at all, but pick up issue number 32, you're good to go. That's what I did. I've not been reading for a while. I read issue 32 because it's like part one. All right, all right, this is a story arc. Bride of Doom should be big. Like, I mean, it's Doom. That's a pretty big Fantastic Four villain. Let's check it out. First issue was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, it ended with a surprise-ish. No, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. With, of number 32 where Human Torch, he slept with the Bride of Doom. Like, at the end of that issue. Not like, oh, it was a flashback just years ago. No, no. There, she's, uh, it's Victorious as the bride. I forget her real name, but he sleeps with her. Uh, she, she gets a hologram call from Doom. He's hiding, uh, fin, uh, the Human Torch is hiding in the bed, like under the covers, like acting like he's not there. Doom calls and says, hey, will you marry me? And she says, well, yes, I, I will. You know, while still Human Torch is in the bed right next to her that she just slept Getting with. Getting really hot. Yeah. Uh, so this one, they... You find out, okay, Reed, Reed Richards is the best man, which I guess that was the end of issue 32 at the end of that. Like, oh, Doom asked Reed to be the best man. Um, apparently, the Latvian culture is if they come to your wedding, then all grievances or bad will is forgiven no matter what. So 
the Fantastic Four is like, well, Reed's like, well, I should definitely go because A, I'm the best man. B, we have a lot of bad history. I need that cleared up. Sue's like, well, I have to go too because I don't want him to keep attacking us. Ben's same boat. Like, yep, we have a lot of bad will. We need to clear it up. And, and Doom's like, over there like, cool, I get to start over and start over from Grievance 1. Well, and Human Torch is like, well, everyone's like, oh, Johnny, you don't need to go. <laughs> yes, I do. You have no Grievance. Like, there's no there's no reason for him to hate you. He's uh, like, yes, uh, yeah, moral support. I'll go for that. Let's go with that. Uh, and middle of this issue... Uh, they're doing their vows, like, they're speeding up the bride doom, like, oh, engaged, previous issue, wedding, this issue. They're not wasting their time. It's a five-part story issue, to, or story arc. Middle of this issue, they go to have their vows, Doom says, I do, blah, blah, uh, it's time for the bride's turn to say, I do, and she stops past her, like, wait, 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 before we do this part, I have one last thing, because there's supposed to be no secrets between the two of us. I take thee, Rachel. I slept with him. <laughs> Uh, there are four panels of shocked looks of, I believe it was, um, he has his was, helmet on. Though. It was Reed and Black Panther, Captain America and Human Torch or Namor. All of them were stunned except for Namor. He had his laughing, ha, 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 all the way through all their panels. Like he was dying laughing how hilarious it was. Like <laughs> you slept with the Bride of Doom? You idiot. Like, no, not technically no. They weren't. Bride and groom yet. Close the fiance. But he was like not the bride. I, I just loved how everyone was like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Versus he just thinks this is the funniest thing he's ever seen his entire life. And just busting up. He's like, This is this he's like, this is why I came. Cause I knew there was gonna be some sort of drama. I didn't know <laughs> I was not expecting this, but I knew it was gonna be great. And that panel alone, it's like hey, that that's my pick of the week. I can't argue with this. Just the panel. Not even the issue, just that panel. That's enough for me, yeah. Because that was hilarious to see everyone else like shocked. And Namor just loving every bit of it. Uh, of course, Doom doesn't react well. Really? And yeah. So, yeah. I don't want to say anything else because slight spoilers. And it's a really good story. You should check it out. If nothing else, again, get that issue just to see the that response. It was great. I really enjoyed it. So, Jared. All right. So, my pick of the week is actually uh, it's Nightwing 81. And it's kind of for a similar reason. Just like one panel in this made it my pick of the week. Um as you know, that Nightwing has basically adopted a dog here recently. It's a good dog, too. It's a very good dog. But uh, Robin, Tim Drake, gives it its own superhero name in this one. Which is wonderful. Crypto. Nope. Not crypto. They call it Bitewing. Which is wonderful. Again, with the dad jokes, it's Father's Day episode, folks. We're allowed to do this. That's great. Come on. Secret Identity's <laughs> name is Haley after Haley's Circus. Okay. And so. they're like, mm. well, you oh. can't name the dog two names. And they're like, really? All of us in this room have two names. Like, oh, well, that's a fair point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this uh, story is kind of following uh, his return to as Dick Grayson. Um, he's basically in Bloodhaven. He's going to try to rebuild Bloodhaven. He's going to try to save it using Alfred's uh, inheritance and everything. But uh, his the um, daughter of Tony Zuko, who is the character that killed his parents. Slight spoilers here. Slight spoilers. It, she's been in the past couple issues. Just, just, just so prepping, she, just prepping it a little bit. Oh no, I'm not giving the spoilers. Okay. Because they know she's on her way to being mayor okay. already. She gets sworn in in this issue. And block. there's a major cliffhanger at the end of the book, folks. Yeah, it's a cliffhanger that I cannot wait to see the next issue. It was fantastic, but it leaves off where with Nightwing uh, saving the 
um, homeless children that are basically sleeping in tents and stuff like that that a character called Heartless goes after and he's trying to kill all of them. And Heartless actually saved them. Yeah. Briefly. And like, wait, why do you say? Yeah. Well, I don't want an easy kill. Yeah. I want, them like, to... I want to see them run. Yeah. So, um, you know, Tim Drake's Robin is there to help out. He's gathering all the kids up. Um, great fight scene. Great dialogue. Um, Heartless is a metahuman, they confirm. So they do deal with that. But, but not trained. Yeah, not trained. Like, Nightwing's still able to school him a little bit, but he's still coming off of being shot in the head and being brainwashed from Joker. And He's had know, a rough decade. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not doing too well. So, But he's able to call Coast Guards and stuff because they basically force them out on a pier and then blow up part of the pier, and it's all on fire and stuff. There's a so, bunch of kids that can't swim yeah. and anything. Yeah, so Nightwing puts out a general SOS to ships, and a bunch of Bloodhaven ships came in and showing that, hey, this city still cares. It's you know? the community that still yeah. will look out for each other. Right. So, yeah, that's when uh, Dick Grayson finds out that Tony Zuko's daughter is now mayor. So he wants to go say hi. So and we'll just leave it right there. Yeah. You'd have to pick up that issue to see what happens from there. It was a good ending. I can't wait to see what they're doing next. This is the best Nightwing stories we've had in years. Uh, Agreed. I, I would say it's all, all in part of... Tom Taylor taking over. Yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor is a fantastic writer, wrote Deceased and Justice, a whole bunch of other great stuff. Uh, Seven Secrets, I believe he did that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's he is a guaranteed, if he's writing, I'm going to read it because it is good stuff. And his, the way he writes the characters, like Tim Drake is spot on Tim Drake from what I, you know, over the past, what, 20 years since he's really been Robin or 25, 30 years, whatever. His portrayal has been great. The way they're writing Dick Grayson's good. Oracle being in this is great. I, the dog, he writes the dog, you know, that's been good. <laughs> so, yeah, Nightwing, if you're not reading it, this is this story is one of the best out there. Uh, another book I would mention that was great this week is Deceased, Hope at World's End. This is a graphic novel that was a web series only. They did not do single issues. So it was web series only that they collected out in hardcover. They came out today, written by Tom Taylor also. And this takes place during the events of the first deceased book of like the infections begun. Um, slight spoilers if you've never read deceased, but it's kind of happens real fast. Batman is dead at this point, but Superman's still alive. So just to give you a time frame of when it's going on in this deceased book, that's when this book takes place of. And, Come on, guys. It's deceased. It's all all four volumes that are out now are fantastic. You should read them all. Even if you're not a fan of zombies, it's a great story outside of that. Now, it definitely helps if you're a fan of zombies, or at least can tolerate zombies. If you hate zombies, you should still try it out. It's yeah, still, it's still worth it. It's still a fun read. So, yeah, that is Deceased Hope at World's End. But it's not just a, a zombie story. It's like if the superheroes become a zombie, they still have their superpowers, just right. like in um, Marvel Zombies. It's not so. the Walking Dead zombies right. or uh, Dawn of the Dead zombies. Like, no, they have full powers, which is yeah. extra terrifying because Batman is is scary. Zombie Batman is even more terrifying because he has no, like, morality you behind him. You don't have to worry about zombie Batman. Alfred took care of that pretty quickly. I was trying to leave spoilers out. That book's been out for how yeah, long? Yeah, a year and a half. <laughs> I know. But yeah, uh, it's definitely check it out, guys. Yeah, um, all of deceased is great, and this one I, I was like, dang it, it wasn't single issues. All right, well, 
I have 20 other books to read tonight. Make it 28 or whatever. How many in this volume? Because I read that whole volume too. Because sure. I wanted to. So yeah, that is Deceased. Hope at World's End. Uh, Berserker 3 came out, written by Keanu, Keanu. Reeves. I have not read it yet, but I li- really like the first two issues. I'm looking forward to reading that one tonight. I'm sorry, you meant to say Berserker. Berserker. Yeah. Uh, that's a running gag that whenever Mark and I say the title, that's running in our head every time. It sounds like it's working for the same for Jared as well. <laughs> uh, anything else stand out to you guys for this week that came out this week? All right, moving on then. We're going to our Heroes of the Week comic book character. Otherwise, Jared probably forgot. I'm on this oh, one. all right. Uh, so in that case, Jared, you can go last. Uh, first up will be Laura's pick, who's not here because she's at work. Uh, she, I'm going to pick for her either Spider-Man or her dad. As for Father's Day, pick of the week, because she loves her dad, he's great, and Spider-Man is great also. So, Laura's, now that Laura's done, jeez, Laura, talk too much this episode, jeez. Uh, Adrian, would you like to go next, or would you like me to go next? I'm just trying to think of a, a solid leader that's been in my life, and, I, you know, you know, I, you know Neil. Yeah. You know Neil. Pastor Neil. And, uh, yeah, I would choose him. He's, he's, he's a great leader. All right. Uh, I'm going to cop out and say it's going to be my dad also, because happy Father's Day. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with, actually. <laughs> <laughs> say my dad. My dad's, uh, you know, whenever we need help, he's always there to help out. So happy my, Father's Day. Yeah, my dad plans on retiring in a couple months. So happy Father's Day to him, too. And happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there, all you Fajas. Uh, yeah, that was a bad uh, Austin Powers reference, but cold member. It is what it is. So with that, folks, uh, we will say good night, everyone. Thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to end it with one last dad joke. Hey, Jared. What, Alex? Why are all the Walking Dead books so heavy? No. I don't know why. Because they're all dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>